I always forget when I'm preaching not to sing too loud, I end up with a sore throat. <laughs> so, it's Communion Sunday, we're going to be taking Communion a little bit later. And because it's summer, we get the chance, one of the few chances through the year, to do that as a family, to do that all together. <laughs> Might not be hot and sunny, but it is summer. And I really felt as I was preparing that, that we should focus a little bit on what communion is, why we do it, what it's all about. So, does anyone know why we celebrate communion? I should have a, a roving mic ready, so you might have to shout. Anybody know? Brilliant. So that's exactly what, what I've got written down here. That there's, uh, you know, theologians could talk for, for days or weeks or months or years about all the little nuances and reasons. But really simply, we do it because Jesus told us to. And there's lots of different things that can form part of a communion. But ultimately, what Jesus said to us is, when you eat this meal, the bread and the wine, do it in remembrance of him. There's not a lot else in the Bible that says you have to do this or that or you have, you know, there's, it, it's really quite simple. And, and I think one of the key things to remember is that when Jesus was telling us to take communion, he was telling us at the Last Supper. It was one of the last commands he gave us. He was just about to give his life for us. And all he's asking of us is that when we take the wine and the bread, we do it in remembrance of him. So what, what that's saying to us is, when we take the bread and the wine, remember that he gave his life for us so that we could live. So, so my challenge this morning is that when we do come to communion a little bit later on this morning, remember that. Just think about what that means to you, what that sacrifice means to you. So, what is communion? What, what's the least we can do and it still be communion? So, my view is that it's whenever, whenever any of us and that could be all of us, it could be all of the Christians in the world, or it could be one of us with Jesus, takes some food and drink, it doesn't have to be bread and wine, and does that in remembrance of Jesus, in remembrance of what he did. It could be juice or water, it could be any food, my suggestion is don't use strawberry milkshake and sticky toffee pudding because you're probably going to focus more on that than remembering Jesus. But if for you, if that would help you focus on Jesus, there's no rules. Now, prayer is important in communion. You know, we're talking about remembrance. I think it's important to to pray and remember that sacrifice, maybe a prayer of thanks. 
that, that's perhaps important. But, but remember through all of this, the key bit is that first bit. That's the only bit you really need to remember. Actually, you could go to sleep now if you like. You just need to remember when you celebrate communion, it's in remembrance of Jesus. Now, communion is great when we all share it together. That's fantastic. And it's, it's one of my favorite bits um, of any church service, really, is when we share communion. But it could just as easily be just you and Jesus sat at home. Or it could be you and your family sat at home. Or you and a friend who needs Jesus. So you might say, well, if we have all, if, if that's the only rule, why, why as a church do we say, well, there's got to be a minister or an authorized elder to, to lead communion? And why do we have to have all of these things? You know, we, one of the things when I first uh, set up communion, I used the wrong tablecloth. And, uh, and I got one of the normal tablecloths out and I put it on and, and Rona, lovely, she came in you know, as polite and as wonderful as Rona is, and she said, Steve, that's not the right tablecloth. You've got to use this tablecloth. Well, it's because it's so important. It means so much to us that we want to be reverent. We want to use the best tablecloth. We want to use the, the, the fancy wine. We want to use... But just remember, they're not the important things. The tablecloth it's not the bit, it's not the important bit. It's, it's saying to Jesus, look, this is really important to us. But the important bit is the remembering Jesus. You know, if we're sat on the side of a mountain with a glass of water and that's all we've got, that's still enough. <clears throat> There's a but. And the but is God does warn us that we shouldn't take communion without considering what it really means. It's not that we should perform a mindless ritual. It's not that we go through the motions. It's important that we intentionally set aside time to remember what Jesus has done and why he did it. When we, when we take communion, we'll, we'll read a passage from the Bible. And just after that passage, Paul said uh, in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-seven to 31, So then, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ, eat and drink judgment on themselves. Now that sounds really scary, but it, it's not, and it doesn't need to be. All it's saying to us is, it's important, it's serious, it's not, it's not a joke, it's not, you know, I didn't have much breakfast this morning, I'll grab a couple of bits of bread and, and knock it down with a glass of the wine or the juice. It's not that, it's... <clears throat> It's that personal time with Jesus, that time to think about what he did for us. So in a moment, we're going to pray and ask God for his forgiveness. As, as we do every Sunday, actually, if you listen through the service, we do that every Sunday. Um, 
but you know, let's let's really think about what we've got wrong, and that you know, we, it's not a free gift that we can ask Jesus for forgiveness. He gave His life so that we could do that. But I also want to share a couple of things before we pray about what communion isn't. So the first thing is communion is not magic. There's no, of all the words we say, and sometimes we say the same thing, it's not a spell or a magic, it's not, it's not magic at all. It's not a ritual. And it's not a chore. Communion is a blessing, it's a gift, and it's an opportunity. It's something for us all. It's, it's one of the last gifts Jesus gave us while he was still alive as a, as a, as a human. So let's pray together. Heavenly Father, as we prepare to sit at your table, we take stock of ourselves. Father, we want to thank you that no matter what we've done or not done, what we've said or not said, what we've thought or not thought, you will forgive us. Through the sacrifice of your son, Jesus Christ, we can be forgiven. We can tell you honestly what's in our hearts, what's on our minds, and in our hopes and our dreams. And we can do that without any guilt or embarrassment. Father, we just want to thank you for the gifts that you have given us. And we want to say sorry for the times we've let you down. We're sorry for our weaknesses and our failings. We'll say the words of the Lord's Prayer that will appear on the screen now. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. So in the first half part, we we started to look at what communion is and and, and why we celebrate it. But but now I wanted to just go a little bit deeper into into some, some parts of it. So... Let's have our first reading, which is John chapter 6, verses 1 to 13. Thanks, Fiona. Jesus feeds the 5,000. Sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, that is, the Sea of Tiberias. And a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs he had performed by healing those who were ill. Then Jesus went up on a mountainside and sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover festival was near. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming towards him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered him, 
It would take more than half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among so many? Jesus said, make the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place and they sat down. About 5,000 men were there. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. When they had all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, Gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled twelve baskets with the pieces of five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. So, did you see there that there were some similarities with communion? In verse 4, John made reference to the Passover. Um, And just as with the Last Supper, it, it was that time. And in fact, the whole meal, it was just like they were sharing communion. Jesus gave thanks for the bread and fish. And and just as an aside, sometimes communion is called the Eucharist. And the Eucharist means thanksgiving. So thanksgiving is another name for communion. And then he he divided the bread and the fish and, and the disciples helped to distribute it. So just like when we share communion at church, it was also about fellowship and community. But it's worth, so if you, if you read through, read through that, that paragraph again, that chapter again, or those verses, just, just look for the similarities there with, with communion. We're now going to have our second reading uh, from Carol, which is Luke chapter 2, sorry, chapter 22, verses 14 to 20. Luke 22, verses 14 to 20. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the the table, and he said to them, I have angrily desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And then he took took bread, gave thanks and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new convent in my blood, which is poured out for you. Amen. So this is what we just heard is Luke's uh, version of the story of the Last Supper. And when we we take communion later, we'll... 
we'll hear actually a, a different um, <clears throat> version, which is from Paul's letter to the church at Corinth. Um, but you'll recognize a lot of the same words there and the same story. Um, what Paul was doing when he spoke to the church at Corinth was telling them what he'd learned about communion and telling them how to do it. He also, if, if you read the full, the full bit, you'll see he also tells them quite clearly what they're doing wrong as well. So if we dig a bit into what happens when we take communion and just, just notice that, that some of the things that are part of this, we, we don't necessarily do at the bit we call communion. We sometimes do it throughout the service. So as, as we said earlier, we, we always have a prayer of thanksgiving. And that's because Jesus commanded us the important thing. Do this in remembrance of me. We also always have a prayer asking for forgiveness. Because as Paul reminded us in 1 Corinthians 11, chapters, uh, verses 27 to 31, it's important that we don't remember the forgiveness that Jesus gave to us gives to us, whilst at the same time holding a grudge against somebody else or feeling hate towards somebody else, it, it would be a bit hypocritical. So it's really important that we examine ourselves and say, and say sorry where we need to. We read what's called the institution of the Lord's Supper, and really that's that bit what, the Lord, what, the, what communion is. So we just remind ourselves what communion is. And then we say an epiclesis prayer. Whoa. So does anybody know what epiclesis means? Does anybody want to shout out? So epiclesis means, it's a Greek word, which you might have been able to guess, and it means calling down from on high. Uh, or it can mean invocation, which is a bit of a strange thing when we've just said it's not magic, but it isn't magic. But really... All it is, is that we are asking God's Holy Spirit to come and be part of it. To make it not just a memory of a historical event, but to make us part of the communion. So that's all that is. It's no different than any other prayer where we would ask the Holy Spirit for something. It's just got a fancy name. And then we share the elements the bread and the wine, remembering it doesn't have to be bread or wine. And sometimes when we share the elements, sometimes we'll eat together all at the same time and drink together, and other times we'll do it when we're ready. Now, the, the times when I've led communion, I try and sort of vary it, but I have to be honest, my preference usually is that we eat together. And the reason for that is for me, I think it's... Um, it's a really powerful act of fellowship and friendship and community when we, when we do that together. But that's not to say that's always right. So when we share the bread, first of all, we'll often say something like, the body of Christ broken for us. And this is that part of remembrance. So we're remembering that Jesus broke his body, his body was broken for us so that we could live the words aren't magic the words aren't important you can say anything 
anything to Jesus that just lets him know that you're remembering what it means to you. Um, you, could, you could thank him that you're free from sin and guilt because of his sacrifice or, or just anything that's personal to you. When we share the wine, we'll usually say something like, the blood of Christ poured out for us. And here we are remembering that, that Jesus poured out, his blood was poured out, he, he died for us. And that, that brought with it a new covenant. And what that means is it was a new promise. So, so up until then, Jews were, what we would say, justified by the law. It was important that they followed every letter of the law. But after that, we're justified by faith that new promise and then finally we often say Christ has died Christ is risen and Christ will come again now this is often called a memorial acclamation again it's not the important bit what it all it is is it's all saying in in 1 Corinthians 11:26 Paul says For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So all we're saying is that we recognize that. We know that. So that's what we do in communion. So let's just have a quick recap of why we have communion. So the first thing, on the night that he was betrayed, Jesus ate his last supper with his disciples And knowing what he would accomplish through his sacrifice, he instituted Holy Communion. He started it then. His loving instruction, his command to us, is that we remember him as we partake in communion. He wants us to remember that his body was broken for us so that we could be whole and live. When we take the bread today... We are declaring that Jesus' body has become part of our body. And when we take the cup, we are declaring that we've been forgiven and made righteous. And that we are right standing before God. We can stand before God in his presence. The Lord's Supper or communion is also a time to be together. We're connected not just with God, but with all believers. All the believers here, all the believers forever. Communion is a really good time to stop and think about all the good things that Jesus has given us and God has given us. And finally, Jesus calls himself the bread of life, which means that we're nourished by him. We survive because of him and he satisfies us when there's nothing else. So, any reason why we shouldn't take communion? So, firstly, everyone is welcome. You don't have to have been a Christian for any length of time or said any special anythings. You, everyone is welcome. There were no restrictions in the Bible as to who or who could or could not take communion. That is between you and Jesus. For children, it's between you and your parents as well. Though today when we celebrate communion, there will also be juice and biscuits if there's any children who aren't ready 
for the bread and the wine, uh, but want to take part. And the wine is non-alcoholic, just to remind people. So that's the first thing. Second thing is, taking communion doesn't make you a Christian. You're not a Christian just because you've taken communion. By itself, it doesn't save your soul. It doesn't get you to heaven. That's not what it's about. And finally, just remember that warning that if you're you're not in the right place, if you're not able to, to say sorry, then maybe it's not a good time. So we're going to sing now, um, and while we sing, the serving elders will join me, and we will prepare the table, and we will share communion together.